This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. Hey, we are really blessed to have um, a couple that's been attending our church for over a year, a couple years, seems like. Austin and Cassidy McElroy. The only thing I can say negative about them is they are SEC people. So the reason I say that is I can't remember who's the Gator and who's the Crimson Tide. <laughs> I think you're the Gator, right, Austin? Yeah. And so if you don't know, but Austin leads the, he's the director for Teen Challenge uh, Ministry here in town. They are located right off of Appalachia. And uh, they're just wonderful, wonderful people. They've been coming to our church for that long, and we're really blessed. They have a zillion churches to choose from, uh, but they chose us, and and we just feel really honored to have them. I've asked Austin to come and share his heart, and if you could give Austin a warm mosaic welcome. I asked uh, asked my wife last night if I should wear my... Gators polo up here, and she gave me the wife look. And those of you who are married knows what knows what the wife look looks like. <laughs> uh, when Pastor Mario asked me um, to come share, we were um, actually at a director's conference. Um, we hadn't had one since April of 2020, and so it'd been a full calendar year. And you know that kind of signified to us getting back to normal. And after a such a crazy year in 2020, there are at least um, resemblances of normalcy that are somewhat returning. Uh, we came back from that director's conference and uh, Adelie, uh, who's not real keen on other people yet, went to childcare for two straight days. It was such a blessing. She came home and got sick and then got my wife sick and she went and got tested for COVID and tested negative. And so we realized you can still get regular sick. And so what a blessing that is, you know, to return again to some sort um, of normalcy. And so as we're, uh, as Pastor Mario said, you know, four completed months into uh, 2021, we're left with so much of the fallout from 2020, uh, so much division, so much strife uh, within families, within churches, um, especially the political spectrum. Um, But at Teen Challenge, we're not immune to it. Uh, We saw a lot of division in how to handle the pandemic and then how to move forward from the pandemic and what we're gonna do as an organization to, you know, complete our mission, which is to put hope within reach of people in addiction. But you can look throughout so many different walks of life And the return to normalcy can be a fearful return because now as a body of believers, especially the church, we're commissioned to move forward. We're commissioned to take the lessons that we learned in 2020 and move into a different season. And so today uh, we're going to talk about uh, Joshua and Joshua's commission on the heels of the death of Moses. So if you want to follow along, we're going to be in Joshua 1. I have a confession to make. Uh, I brought my Bible up here uh, just because I didn't want you guys to judge me, but 
I'm reading from my phone uh, because I'm an ESV guy. And a couple of months ago, uh, our dog ripped to shreds my ESV Bible. So for the teachers that get the excuse that my dog ate my homework, that actually happened. So don't judge me. So uh, Joshua 1 um, in the ESV, of course, my uh, phone messed up. So let me pull it back up. Joshua 1 says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon I have given to you, just as I have promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all of the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded. Do not turn from it to the right hand nor to the left, that you may be able to have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so you may be careful to do so according to all that is written. For then you will make your for then I will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And we use, see Joshua 1.9 used as a tagline, kind of on to any kind of encouraging speech or any kind of motivating, you know, time that we have together. It's go be strong, go be courageous. The Lord's going to be with you wherever you go. But how? Right? I'm a, I'm a why guy. Uh, it has driven people in my life bananas because it's not enough to just know. I've got to know the details and I, I've got to know why and I've got to know how because the greatest instruction in the world without some kind of understanding on how we accomplish that instruction is for not. So the first verse in Joshua 1 says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. So I asked myself, well, why did he have to remind him this? In, in the last chapter of Deuteronomy, he's just gone through and explained that all of Israel mourned for 30 days after the death of Moses. So surely, Joshua, being Moses' right-hand man, was there. Surely he was standing with the people that were mourning. So why is it, why is it important that, Josh, that God speaks this message to, message to Joshua? Because Moses represented such an incredible time in the history of the Israelites. He represented them coming out of slavery and then on the brink of something great. I mean, Moses was the staff guy. He's the guy who smacked the rock and water came out. He's the one who went up to the tent and came out with his face glowing with the countenance of God. The last chapter of Deuteronomy says that Moses was such a great prophet, there'll be no one like him for the rest of the days. Someone who had a one-on-one -on -one incredible encounter with God. But Moses isn't here anymore. Now it's Joshua's time. 
Now it's time for Joshua to be commissioned to take the Israelites into a place and into a season that Moses wasn't equipped for, that Moses wasn't God's man for that job. Moses served in the past, served God's purpose for that time. But man, the Israelites are getting ready to embark on new territory and on a new season, walking into the unknown that, that, that the promises are real. And we're gonna talk about the promises that, that God gave Joshua in that time. But to say that Moses is dead means that the future of Joshua can no longer be tied to the leadership of Moses. And I, and I think about, man, these incredible outpourings of God through the years. All the way back to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the, in the book of Acts. And there was no limitation. Imagine if the apostles had gone into the upper room and decided that, okay, I'm gonna base our future experience on what God's gonna do based on the past of what we've seen Jesus do, which was incredible, but they'd never seen an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They had to prepare themselves for the unknown to allow God to do everything that he wanted to do. I think of the birth of the AG Church coming from the Azusa Street Revival. Had they based their experience now, at that time, based on what they had experienced in the past, then we may not have an Assemblies of God church. The, the Brownsville revival, right? Three years of revival going on day after day after day. People getting radically changed. The Jesus movement that went through Texas, that so many people got saved that you can look around and see so many products of that in today's age. And those were God's perfect moments for God's act in that way, in that time. But if we're gonna move forward in being strong and courageous for what God wants to do with us today, we don't forget these things. We don't put these things as if they, we give honor and we give respect and we give glory to God for the things that he has done. But so many times, I feel there's a timidity that enters the Christian man because we want God to do something that is familiar. We want God to use us in a way that we have seen before. But that's not the situation that Joshua was in. He said, Moses is dead. That, that time is gone. And it's now your time to enter into something so much more. And he repeats three times in verses six through nine, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. Why? Because God knew that for Joshua to do what he was gonna do, fear was gonna be a huge part of it. There is an unknown part and a lack of desire of change that any of us have. Because if we've seen it before, we kind of have a basis for what God's gonna do again. And the gospel message didn't change. God's desire for the Israelites didn't change. But the way that he was going to show himself was going to be a brand new and exciting and incredible and an earth-changing way. But he needed, he needed Joshua to know to clear your mind of what you think you know because I'm about to do something that's gonna be so incredible through you, through your leadership. I read yesterday um, a Facebook post from John Gordon, who I absolutely love as far as a you know, person who can guide you in leadership, and it said that leadership at its, at its essence is a transfer of belief, and that if I've done it correctly, then whoever comes behind me is gonna believe that he can do more than what I can do. And man, what a, what a tough situation that is for you know, a leader to be in because you poured yourself, Moses poured himself into the Israelites. He did all that he possibly could do. But he wasn't the man to take the Israelites into the promised land. And that was Joshua. 
So some of the things that I noticed that I wanna talk about to move forward in, uh, in courage and to move forward in strength. First one is to move forward when you gotta leave the past behind. You can't drive looking in your rear view mirror, right? The rear view mirror has a purpose. It's to keep us safe, it's to keep us protected, it's to remind us of what we just passed, but it is not designed to guide us towards the future. It says, forgetting what is behind and pressing on towards the mark of the high calling that God has for each and every single one of us. Next is to be excited about the future, to look forward to what God's going to do. Again, change has this way of kind of putting us in a box and, and getting our, snuffing out our fire a little bit, right? To do something different, to minister to people in a different way in this new season that we have. We spent a lot of time at our director's conference talking about the next generation, right? We talked about so many of the people that uh, were at that conference were boomers. Cass and I are some of the youngest directors in the region. And so we have a different kind of outlook. But some of them are, man, they're, man, they're older and they're wiser and they had, have experiences that we don't have. But man, our commission, our job as both Teen Challenge and the church is to reach the next generation. I'm raising my daughter now, if you'd have told me 10, 15 years ago that one of my biggest battles is gonna be screen time, right? How often does, my, does a screen need to be in front of my daughter's face? For those of you who have, par for those of you parents that have kids that are you know, older, would you have ever dreamed that was a battle that you'd have to face? But it doesn't mean the battle's not there. It doesn't mean that we're not gonna have to endure and go through some stuff and learn ourselves so that we can set our kids up. As parents, our, our goals never change. I want my daughter to know what the love of God looks like, and I want her to have every opportunity. Our son, who's coming in August, I want them to know what Jesus, what the love of Jesus looks like because of the way that her mom and dad lived, lived their life. I don't wanna make the choice for him or her because I can't. I would love to, but, but I know that I can't. My job is to resemble Christ in the most loving way possible that draws them in. And the way that I'm going to do that now is gonna be far different than the way I'm gonna do that five and, and 10 years from now. Jesus in his, in his approach towards people never changed his message. The Bible says that, that, that God would, that none would perish. But the truth is that some are. The truth is that some are going to perish. And that as a church, we've gotta be so adaptable. We've gotta be so open-minded. We've gotta be so excited about what God is going to do for us. Again, that's not forgetting what he has done. That's not leaving what he has done in the past. It's taking that and building upon it. Verse three says, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised to Moses. And we've gotta lean into the promises of God. Lean into the promises we sang about it today that I will build my life upon the rock and it will not be shaken. I will trust in you alone, even when it doesn't look the way that I thought it was gonna look. Even when it doesn't look the way that I had envisioned. Even when it doesn't look anything like what God has done in the past. Because the past is a building block to something greater that he is going to do. We know the conquests of Joshua. It, it, it's all over the Old Testament. And that's what the New Testament was built upon. If Joshua didn't enter into the promised land, then, then we wouldn't have the tribes dividing up their territory, wouldn't have the lineage of Jesus had it not been for Joshua's conquest. But he leaned into the promises of God. All of the giants that God used throughout the Bible are weak men 
who leaned in and took hold of the promises of God. And that's what you and I are. We're weak people. We're people of flesh, leaning on the promise of an all-powerful God who has the ability to take us places and show us things that we could have never dreamed of or never imagined. Like Pastor Mario said, we're the directors of Teen Challenge. My wife and I are both graduates. We both spent years and years of our life in drug addiction. If you would have told Austin 15 years ago that this is what he would be doing today, I would have told you you were crazy. I would have told you that you were insane because I had this idea and this box of what my life was gonna look like based on the other people around me who had the same potential that I did or based on my family and what they were able to accomplish. Man, if we limit what God's going to do in our life based on what we think we know, then we'll never reach the full potential. There are so many stops on the way to God's best in your life. And this generation that we are serving today, this generation that we are winning to Christ today, cannot be won in the exact same ways that the generations 30 years ago were won. Now, what does that exactly look like? I have no idea. I don't know. I know it changes day by day. But I know the commission that God has given me is the same commission that he has given Joshua, to be strong and courageous. Verse five says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. No, and if you don't read it, you'll miss it. If you don't look close, you'll miss it. No man will be able to stand against you. It does not say that no man will try. Joshua encountered so many obstacles once he entered into the promised land. I played basketball in high school and then in college, and we would do scouting reports, much the same as Joshua went in and scouted out the promised land. And from a distance, you could look and you could say, oh man, I can pick apart their weaknesses on tape. And man, we can go and we can, I know that we can beat this team, even though they have a better record, even though they have better players. I know there's a, there's a way that we can beat them. So I'm not discounting Joshua's enthusiasm when he came back from spying out the land of Canaan. That was real. I believe Joshua, was, Joshua and Caleb were the only two that said, man, we, we, can, we can go in there and we can take this land. But man, film, film study and film sessions and scouting reports totally changed when, the tip, when it was tip-off time. We were standing across from someone who was bigger than someone who was faster and someone who was stronger. And so these three commissions of Joshua to be strong and courageous were for a reason. Because Joshua knew that, or God knew that, jo- that fear was gonna be a huge part of Joshua's life. He knew that he was gonna get frightened. Paul told Timothy that, he's not, that, that the Lord's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And again, being a why person, why would he say that? Because he knew it was gonna happen. He knew that fear was gonna creep in. He knew that discouragement was gonna come. And courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is the ability to keep going when you are scared to death, but your mission doesn't change. That you are going to continue the good fight because I'm going to rest in the promises of God. Later on it says, verse, uh, verse six, be strong and courageous for this people to inherit the land I swore to their fathers to give them. Once again, in verse seven, only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that my Moses servant commanded you. Do not turn to the right hand or to the left so that you may have good success. There's a reason that our Bibles aren't written in pencil. 
And there are times in my life that I wish it was so that I could just erase the parts that I didn't like or the parts that didn't necessarily fit my lifestyle. But it says, hold fast to all of the law. Hold fast to all of the teachings of Moses and don't depart from it because you're going to need it. He says, keep it on the tip of your tongue. Make sure that you were talking about the word. Later on, he says to meditate on that word. And when we speak the word of God that has power and we meditate it, the Bible says sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. When that is the condition of your heart, it creates a mindset. And our minds dictate our beliefs. And our beliefs dictate every single action that we will take for the rest of our lives. Real belief means real action. Real steps take a belief that says God's promises are true and they are real. And just like they were for Joshua in that day and age of uncertainty, they are for me today in this day of uncertainty. That timidity has kind of encamped itself in our culture. To be scared to make a stand for Jesus. To be scared and not know how am I gonna minister Christ because I don't wanna cause an upheaval. And the Bible says that God, God does things in order, but under no circumstance do we have permission to not be strong and not be courageous and not walk in the promises of God. Verse eight says, this book of the law shall not depart your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night so that, you may be, be, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written. For you will make your way prosperous and then have good success. There is a difference between good success and bad success. Good success that, that follows and that has stayed close to the will of God is the success that you can maintain. We, I teach in Teen Challenge all the time. There were times in my life it, when I was, full on in drug addiction, that I was still able because I had a great parents that taught me how to work, they taught me how to do construction, and so there was never a time in my life that I couldn't go get a job. So my ability to go get success was unfailing. For me to continue in drug addiction, I had to have it. I had to have a job, I had to have money. But, but we teach at Teen Challenge that success attained that can't be kept is worse than no success at all. Because you, you, does, you build up this hope and this self-reliance that, man, I can go do these things, but I was never able to keep them. Good success when followed by the constitutes, by followed by the law, and followed by the presence of God is the type of success that will wreak havoc on the enemy. It is the type of success that will teach people as, as a man and, and as men in the church as believers in the body of Christ, we are the priests of our homes. We, are, we, are, we carry the ministry of Christ with us every single place that we go. For us, and, and the last thing I wanna touch on, practicing the presence of God is the most important thing that we could ever do. That when you practice the, the, when you practice the presence of God, the success that you experience will be the good success that God is commissioning Joshua for. for. Joshua 9 says, one nine says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For, the God is, for God is with you wherever you go. Every step that you take, every encounter that you walk into, none of it's a waste and none of it's by chance. That, that, that I believe 
the next great outpouring of the Holy Spirit will happen from a church that is yielded to what God wants to do today, what God is going to do through us today. And when we yield our minds and when we yield our spirits to that, when we yield our spirits to who God wants us to touch and what he wants us to accomplish today, that looks nothing like what it did yesterday. But when my will is yielded to God and I am walking in the presence of God daily, man, the ground is so ripe for an amazing outpouring of the Holy Spirit like what we have never seen. And the, and the next generation that comes after us will build upon that, but they will do things that we could have never dreamed of and never imagined. And like John Gordon said, that's our responsibility as leaders in our community is to transfer belief, not transfer the outline of how it's going to be done, but transferring the belief that it will be done. That Joshua walking into this unknown land and this unknown world without Moses was scared to death. I don't blame him, I would be too. I'm scared, when Cass and I took over as directors of Teen Challenge, man, I was petrified. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I was, I was a weak man who clung to Jesus and then watched him move in such a extravagant and such a mighty way that I can't wait for whoever comes next to build upon that because they're gonna take the church, they're going to take our families, they're going to take our ministries, they're going to take our world into a place that you and I can't imagine. Are we so confident, are we so yielded to the Spirit of God that we welcome that, that we welcome that with open arms? Because Joshua took these conquests and took them into another level, a promised land that though he faced many challenges, and though he faced many difficulties, the Lord was with him everywhere that he went. He needed only to be strong, be courageous, and walk in the calling that God has on his life. And I'm so thankful that the Bible says that he's no respecter of persons. That, that what he has done for one, he will do for another. That Joshua wasn't a whole lot different than Austin. And Austin ain't a whole lot different than anyone else. But if he can do it for Joshua, not only do I know, but I wait expectantly with a yielded heart for what he's going to do next. Pastor Mario. Be strong, be courageous, and do not be frightened. I pray that uh, someone in this room needed to hear that, and I'm raising my hand. Anybody else? Amen. Yes. Um, leave behind, leave the past behind. You had the uh, analogy of the rear view mirror. The Lord is calling us to leave the past behind. Maybe your past hurts. Be excited about the future and reach the next generation. We can lean in because he'll be with us. Hey Amen. We need, to, we need to hear that. Thank you so much. I'll be honest with you. Um, one of the things I, sh 
not that I struggle with, but sometimes maybe a, a wave, you know, like you're on the beach and all of a sudden a big wave hits you, is uh, um, how the church is going to maneuver during these tumultuous cultural times. Uh, but there's a great word, so be courageous, be strong, and, and do not be frightened. That's a word for, for the church as well. So thank you so much. Uh, again, they're about to have a baby, so please uh, be praying for them. Uh, have them over your house for dinner. It's one thing I'd love to see our church do more is uh, really have uh, people over our homes. Uh, as the missionary said last week, make room for one more, you know, and so... Uh, but praise the Lord. Amen. Let's give him another hand. Amen. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.